The year 2030. A large craft in deep space. Light pulsing through black metal. Human and alien technology. Felix sprints to the control deck, reading a manual. The event of an uncompromisable action against the government of the ship. The use of force may be used as long as it does not compromise the ship's ultimate mission. What? Oh, shit. The crew is covered in blood. Catherine holds a gun to Jason, a Navy SEAL's head. Catherine, you need to calm down. Why are there guns on the ship? They exist to maintain order in the event- <laughs> Bullshit! Um, emergency protocol states- And you? Felix, shut up, Catherine. We're all upset. We all loved him. Why are there guns on the ship? I don't know, but using them is not an option. You need to stand down. We will handle this. Handle? H how? What could we even do? We can figure it out. You're lying. We both know we can't do anything to him. You need me. Do not talk. We need you too, Catherine. Catherine! Stand down, Catherine! That's an order! Order? Up here, out here, there is no order. Catherine! Pinball Productions presents The Leap. Written and directed by Adam Zof. Starring Lena Garcia, Intake Kim, Neve Buckland, J. Claude Deering, Odd Andrews, and Neil P. Strotter. For a full list of credits and to enjoy other pinball productions, visit pinballproductions.com. Episode 1 The Man Who Sold the World. Ten years earlier, an eight-story high, 60-feet-wide vertical motion simulator soars, dips, tilts, and shakes a cabin. Oh, come on. That all you got? Liz, it's lunchtime. I'm hungry. Just one more. This isn't a dryer you set to permanent press and walk away from. We're not even running scenarios anymore. I'm improvising back here. It's exhausting. A poor baby has to push some buttons. Half this stuff's not even possible. A shuttle isn't the Millennium Falcon, you know. Besides, Ingles wants to talk to you. Liz yanks off her harness. That's how many? Six eights. For 2020? And 2021. Each? Total. That's 90 million a seat. Price went up. 540? That's half of what we asked for. But you're surprised? Fucking Congress. I know how you feel, Liz. Do you? Is there a far-off desk you're trying to get to? Hey, I was on that side of the desk once, too. I had to wait just like you. Yeah, when we were going. In our shuttles. And you actually went. What place am I? I don't know any- Ballpark it, Roy. 24. But that's out of 45, which is- Stuck. Here. I might as well be 45. Might as well be 145, especially because I'm getting skipped by these Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, pricks. We'll be back online with our own missions soon. Will we? When are we going to load the new crafts program on the simulator? It's still in development. It's still bullshit. Even when we do send our own missions, they're going to give preference to those with Soyuz and shuttle experience. I mean, should I just hop a commercial flight? It's an increasingly viable option. I'm not a goddamn tourist. I know that. You're an astronaut. No, I'm not. Astronauts go up. You have to stay optimistic. 
Never know when things can change. Don't I look optimistic? Liz walks out to a wall of pictures of mostly white male astronauts. Fuck you. Astronaut Will Williams, 40, approaches. I see your meeting went as well as mine. In a dive bar. I should have just joined. Gone to war. Blown up whoever they told me to. Please. Like you'd even put up with a drill sergeant for five minutes. Plus camouflage? Not flattering. It would be such a waste on you. Oh, fuck off. Like I'm not screwed too? You're 24th. That makes me, what, 16th? I'll trade you eight places for ten years. By the time I'm up, I'll be too old. You're not old. I didn't say I was old. I said I will be old. <sighs> By the time either of us gets a chance, we'll both be old. Uh, maybe they can shoot our ashes into space. Why do they value it? Military experience. War is an Earth problem. Like, what, they think we're going to run as a Klingons up there? We could have both gone the academic route. Piled up the diplomas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went straight to NASA. All I ever wanted to do was command. But because I didn't study algae in the Galapagos or bust bunkers in Baghdad. Where are you going? If we're going to have a pity party, I'm at least going to put some music on the jukebox. Fleetwood Mac, please. No. No landslide. I know. Rows of black trailers topped by antenna across a stretch of concrete. Ground control stations for Air Force Predator drones patrolling Earth. Inside, wall-to-wall -wall monitors. Another day at the office for a uniformed payload operator and a pilot in a t-shirt and board shorts. Mike? Mike? The pilot, Mike, takes off his headphones. Steve, you're yelling. Calm down. Could you please put your jumpsuit back on? Kinda busy flying the death plane. This is serious. I know fashion is very important to you. What's gotten into you? I've had a spiritual awakening. You finally accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and say- Ew, gross. No, Churchy. No, I was taking a dump this morning and I was thinking- Round of air, MQ-1. Wildcard? Somebody loves me. Go for wildcard. Enemy on the move. Three, six, one, eight, one, one, five. Steve punches it in. Heading east, northeast. A drone's camera finds a moving black dot. Pickup truck? Affirmative. Approximately 40 miles per hour. Three targets confirmed. Weapons aboard. Roger, roger. Hatching eggs of death soon. Get it. What's our vector, Victor? How can you joke at a time like this? A little humor lightens up the murder. Can you grab us some coffee? What? I'm about to fire. <sighs> Steve, it's been really fun fucking with you for the last six months. But you should leave. Right now. Because I'm about to do something you don't want to be here for. You're serious? Yes, and I'm never serious. Sure. Coffee. Oh. Oh, Michael Wilder. What are you about to do? Steve walks across the concrete with two coffees. The ratty pickup truck pulls up with American soldiers, dressed as insurgents. Yo, Macmillan, what's with your boy? He never got a lock on! Uh, I, I... Jesus fucking Christ! That's blasphemy. Oh, shit. Oh, God damn. I mean... Mike stands before his superior officer. Are you fucking serious? Buzz the tower. Like every idiot pilot hasn't thought about that. 
Uh, yes, but I was the idiot pilot to actually do it. You think it's funny to fuck around with a $40 million government plane? <laughs> yeah, it's actually hilarious. I want to laugh right now, but I'm afraid you will strike me. I know what this is about. Training coming to an end. I get it, but you don't have to actually go over there. Stay right here, safe as can be, and you'd get to fly actual missions. Bad guy, real targets, that can't shoot you back. Can't shoot you back. Right. A children's hospital. Dr. Catherine Wright speaks to resident doctors. When was blood loss drawn? This morning, 10 a.m. Best to give it more time between draws for now. Too much, too soon, and he'll fear the needle every time. Ease him into it, then slowly move up the drawer each time till he's on schedule. A file clerk approaches with a manila envelope. Dr. Wright? In her office, Catherine takes a pill from a prescription bottle. She closes the blind, turns on a lamp, and opens the envelope to find an x-ray of a child's chest. It is riddled with dark spots. A child cancer ward, bright and cheerful because it has to be. Catherine concentrates deeply on a game of Connect Four, masterfully throwing it. I think I've got it. Catherine drops a checker. Sadie quickly counters. Connect four. You got to pick up Dodger, right? Don't rub it in. Catherine sees Sadie's parents appear in the doorway. You set up a new game, and I'll go get your winner's popsicle. In a small, quiet room. It's important in your interactions to seem positive, hopeful. <laughs> so you don't even tell her. <laughs> She won't notice a difference. She'll actually feel better as she gets farther from chemo, but I need to be clear. She will not be, in fact, getting better. How does that work? The tube's going away. Won't she be able to tell? Wheelie's out of things. No more needles. Her experience will be much more comfortable now, and you'll be able to enjoy this time with her more. And I will continue to see her every day. <laughs> Thank you. Catherine sits in her car in a far-off spot in the parking structure. <laughs> a high-tech lab. Felix, the scientist from the ship, looks through a microscope assisted by Susan, who swaps in slides. A Secret Service agent stands at the door. Slide four? Blood. No. Slide five? Bone. No. Slide six? Brain. No. Slide seven? Breast. No. No. Um, sl slide eight. The agent approaches with a cell phone. In the hallway, Felix takes the call. Nothing. Across all strains. Growth hasn't slowed. We can keep doing this, but it's not gonna... I suppose that's that, then. A completely empty cafeteria. 2 a.m. How's your pudding? Good. I mixed things up today. Went with chicken salad. It's pretty good. Maybe a, a bit too much, um... I don't know. Something. Okay. Listen, Susan. Project is coming to an end. Uh, it is at an end. So this, this, this lunch, this is gonna be it. There's nothing left to study. You'll still be paid through the rest of this cycle, though. Next five weeks. 
Okay. And I just, I just wanted to say it's been a lot of fun working with you. It's been nice working with you, too. I feel like we, we made a good team. Sure. And then I'm in love with you. Is that, is that too much? I'm, I'm sorry, I, I just... I married, Felix. Really? I, uh, <clears throat> I didn't know that. I, how did I, I... I guess I just never asked, or... You, you don't wear a ring. It catches on the rubber gloves. Huh. Will's apartment. He looks over to the other side of the bed, then up. Liz sits on the peak of the roof, smoking a cigarette and drinking a can of beer, looking at a sky full of stars. She puts out her cigarette in the can and rolls it down the roof. It drops into the gutter next to other empties. Deep in the sky, a trail faintly appears against the stars. The G-host, or ghost, ship on a test flight above Houston. Its path and Liz's ships in the night, for now. In Cincinnati, Catherine gets out of her car in the hospital parking lot. Dr. Wright? I'm sorry, who are you? On base in Kansas. Lieutenant Wilder? Yes, Mr. Super Serious Man. Elsewhere, Felix walks out of his home with packed bags to a waiting black SUV. In the Houston NASA gym, Liz lifts weights at working the men around her. You're making me look bad, Liz. I know. It's fun. Commander Ingalls approaches with a suited man. Liz, Will, this is Special Agent Rawls. Can I request your presence for a bit? Aboard a modified Boeing 727, hollowed out, padded with seats against the walls, strapped in are 47 Americans, newbies and pros, some astronauts, some military. Jesus, isn't anyone going to say anything? The talkers end up pukers. Not going to be me, sweetheart. Rapid descent begin. The passengers become weightless, pressing against their harnesses. Relief. They unbuckle and float up. Oh, God. Come here, kid. I'm 37. Yeah, and about to vomit. Will puts a mask with a suction hose up to Felix's mouth. In NASA Space Center Auditorium, 36 of the plane passengers remain. They read a non-disclosure agreement featuring under penalty of prosecution for treason against the United States of America. Liz doesn't blink. She signs. It's like we lost a few. From the flight, there were 47 on the plane, only 36 now. Oh, you can count. Is that why you're here? To count things? I'm a biologist, chemist, astrophysicist. Anything that ends in ist, really. Like barfist? Annoyist? Astronaut humor. I suppose you have plenty of time to think up jokes when you're all dressed up with no space to go. <laughs> Felix Kosick. Great. That's Liz. I'm Will Williams. And you're right. Astronauts. Must be relaxing. Not to be put to the test, ever. I got a test. It's called hospital or jail. What's that? It's when I drag you to the parking lot, and we see who's going to the hospital and who's going to jail. Nearby, Catherine's watch beeps. She discreetly takes a pill. Those any fun, darling? Got any more? Wouldn't do you much good. They for female problems? No, just guessing you're a terminal case. Pretty crazy all this, right? What do you think's going on? We'll just have to wait and see. What's your name? Dr. Wright. Doctor? Well, Ms. Doctor, I'm Mike Wilder. Call sign Wildcard. You're a pilot? Yep. You were supposed to say naval aviator. 
Ah, right. Top Gun. You know that chick turned out to be a lesbian? You don't say. Back across the room. Well, you're a genius, right? So, what are we here for? You work here. No, NASA isn't exactly the hotbed of discovery it was when you signed up, is it? What's your guess? I don't know. New water? Microorganisms? Technically, aliens. Why the plane right then? Why bring in outsiders, even with NDAs? Nah, this is big. Wall-to-wall video turns on. Isn't that... The Challenger. It's a mission with civilians. So the 25th Space Shuttle mission is now on the way after more delays than NASA cares to count. This morning, it looks as though they were not going to be able to get off. A mission that's dangerous. Mars? Looks like you guys are swinging for the fences again. Commander Ingalls enters, accompanied by an Agent Doe. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your attendance today. You represent the best of your fields, and I know your time is valuable. The exercise this morning, along with the document you signed and the video you just viewed, should provide you with an idea of the seriousness of our situation. Let me add to that. Those of you with us here at NASA may have guessed there will be a new manned mission to space. The space probe Voyager, launched in 1977 with a millionth the computer memory of a smartphone, left our galaxy a decade ago and continues on 14 billion miles from Earth. This new populated mission intends to go farther. How is a manned mission going to go further? It'll be a one-way mission. At this point, if you know with certainty this commitment is beyond one you can make, there is no reason to remain further. I'd ask that you please leave. Eleven others leave. How is this even possible? Please... Oh, bullshit. We have questions. All right. A new ship has been constructed, in secret. So it's finished. Liz, it's been the focus of NASA for some time, hence the lack of missions. Using the technology now available, we're able to go much faster than previously possible. Speed, along with time dilation to maximize the distance. Uh, time what? Time dilation. The closer an object gets to light speed, the slower reality inside seems in relation to the outside. So, time travel? Not possible. It already exists. Astronauts are one-tenth of a second younger than they would be when they return from space. Now. You exchange a dollar for pesos. While you have the pesos, the exchange rate changes. You turn the pesos in, you get 99 cents. So the faster you go, the faster time goes outside while you stay the same? Exactly. So really far, really fast. Great. So what? We take pictures of stars or something? There are no stars outside the solar system. Awesome. So we're just going to go? Like getting pushed off the edge of the universe in a barrel to see what happens? Our solar system isn't the universe. Whatever, man. My point is, what's the point? Agent Doe takes center stage. He puts a briefcase on the table and removes a black metal orb the size of a softball, speaking to it. Hello. The orb levitates and fans out into hundreds of thin slices. It is not from Earth. What the hell is that? Them. Fuck. We're no longer alone. 
Eight years ago, this crashed outside Salt Lake City. It contains a cross-section of the entirety of an alien species. A greeting card. There's nothing that says they know about us. A needle looking for a haystack. Correct. One of what we think must have been a multitude sent across space, letting whoever finds them know they exist and how to reach them. So we're going to them? Our tech, supplemented by theirs. We can go previously unattainable speeds, safely. We believe we can make it back to them. How far? Approximately 60 billion miles of interstellar space. How long? 40.39 years. Hey, so I'm on the young side in here, and I'm 26. He's right. Average life expectancy is 76. By the looks of it, few of us would have the chance to make it. Correct. You most likely will not, but your children will. You want us to give birth to children who will never see Earth. Wouldn't that make them aliens? To Earth, but not humanity. The opportunity being given you is unlike any other, and the children born from it will have a chance to be the most important people who have ever lived. They'd be an experiment. This is insanity. This is real. Fifty years ago, we went to the moon six times in three years. The space program was ten years old. NASA barely had computers. Wasn't a mission like this the point? Oh, and there's a cherry on top. Among the samples they sent us was a cure for cancer. I meant for that statement to be as unequivocal as it was. No hope, no looks promising. A cure. Seems they had the same problem with their regular cell growth that we did. They found a solution among their plant life. However, we can't grow it, and we've been unable to synthesize it here on Earth. And we wouldn't get to it for 40 years. Plus the time of the return trip. But we would get it, and there's no assurance we'll find a cure here by then, or in 100 years, or even 200. Dr. Wright, would you like to tell us how many people die of cancer a year? 12.5 million cases a year, and 7.5 million dead. The average who died in a year of World War II. I'm guessing it's touched some of your lives. I offer myself... Oh, Jesus Christ. Calm down, Hunger Games. This is a decision that needs to be made with the utmost seriousness. You must think about this. You have 72 hours. 72 hours? Either you're capable of this or you're not. It's important you're definitive because there is no turning back. When you've made a decision, dial 1492 on your cell. Arrangements will be made. 1492? Real cute. Agent Doe touches the ball. I believe we're done. The stunned attendees walk out into the Houston sunshine. You saw that, right? I think I did. You wanna... In my head, I'm already at the bar. Mike approaches Catherine. Hey, Doc. Wow. Huh. Lot to take in. Definitely. Mike hands her a slip of paper. This is my number. Look, I'm not... I get it. But we say anything about this to anyone else, and they put us in the electric chair or whatever. So, in case you wanted to talk about all this. Felix walks by, seemingly the only attendee unfazed, in a nice hotel lobby. I'd like a room, please. Yes, sir. For the night? Three nights. And do you have an ATM? Hello, sir. Room service? Hi. Uh, great. Come on in. Felix takes out a stack of fresh 20s. He hands over five of them. Oh, it just goes on your room. Oh, no, that's for you. Really? Actually... Felix hands him five more bills. 
Sir, well, sir, enjoy your dinner. The room service attendant turns and sees an attractive woman in a bright red wig in the doorway. And enjoy your evening. Thank you. Miss? Hi, I'm Cherry. Hi, can you take it off? Right to it, huh? No, I I mean the wig. It's too bright. And can you put these on? Felix takes an old sweatshirt and sweatpants out of his bag. Later, the room service eaten. Cherry is asleep in the sweatshirt and pants, her arm around Felix. He scrolls through his phone. Pictures of himself with a naturally red-haired woman. They were clearly in love. Were. Felix is heartbroken.